Welcome back to the castle of Gretchen Hexenkopf. Before we head back to the castle proper, you should know you're going to spend a significant amount of time in this castle. And it's possible that you might very well make it out alive, even if a witch does poke out your eyeballs. Then again, you might not make it out alive. We're making no promises there. But if you do make it out alive, it's probably the kind of adventure you'll want to tell people about. Sure, you could just tell them. Or you could go to cobblersgulch.com and peruse the spoils and loot. Maybe get yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie, a sticker, or a face mask. Something that lets people know that you know your way around Cobbler's Gulch. Only those with hearts that flex like dragon wings can say as much. And if you're one of those people, you ought to go ahead and say it. But first, let's get through episode 25. The Opal Room. As Hazel wanders aimlessly through the darkest of darknesses, and her orphan brothers try in vain to catch up with her, Snook the Fool tramps his way through the very same castle, taking one secret passage after another. Bookcases slide open. Fireplaces swing ajar. Staircases lift. Peeled away rugs give way to trap doors. And the jaws of a giant, mounted, stuffed catfish drop open. Each leading to a crawl space. A hallway, a chute, oh, a chute. <laughs> or a ladder. Oh, up a ladder. <laughs> Until at last, ladder, finally, the fool enters the opal room. The opal room overflows with opal trinkets, opal tchotchkes, and opal trappings of all kinds. Flatware, cutlery, vanity sets, Mirrors, sculptures, figurines, music boxes, instruments, chairs, chaises, thrones, all of them fashioned from gleaming, dappled opal. Snook sneaks through the opal trove to a tea table in the corner. On the table, situated on an opal platter and surrounded by flecks of fairy dust, is a peppermint. The shaft of the mill is glass, but the crank and cap are, of course, opal. Inside the mill are not peppercorns, not salt rocks, not any kind of spice. No. Look at you, precious fairy. (laughs) Inside is a fairy. Your wings are so tiny. (laughs) Normally, this is where a fairy would be described in all its beauty and loveliness mysteriousness and wonder. 
But the fairy in the pepper mill is not, at the moment, her usual self. She leans exhausted against the glass, shoulders slumped, wings slackened, face crestfallen. Not particularly fairy-like at all. Fairies weaken considerably when caught and imprisoned. Freedom nourishes their spirits, captivity kills it. In this way, fairies are like anyone else. Added to the fairies' captivity is exhaustion. Hanging across an entire wall of room are opal bottles, each filled to the top with fairy dust. Snook grabs for a bottle and then thinks better of it, opting instead for a fresh dose of fairy dust. Grabbing the pepper mill and lifting it to his face, the fool has a look and a cackle at the heartbroken fairy. <laughs> Why you look so glum? Soon you'll be making three goblins, well, two and a half goblins, very happy. <laughs> I hope they get belly aches and spend weeks in the bushes. <laughs> the fairy's retort sends Snook into a fit of hysterics. He pulls the cork of the goblin's bottle with his teeth and then begins cranking the pepper mill, grinding down on the fairy's poor little body, slowly filling the bottle with precious, effervescent dust. A few moments later, after a short walk through the maze of secret passages and trap doors, Snook the Fool traipses back into the observatory. The oculus, the moon, and the stars high overhead. Ooh, I have the goblin grog, your wickedness. Your sublime savageness. Your maleficent mystique. <laughs> he carries the glowing bottle on an ornate platter. Thank you, Snook. With a wave of her hand. Ah. A playing card appears overhead. The Four of Clubs. It flitters downward, and Snook catches it out of thin air. With great exhilaration, he tucks it into his cap and bells, all the while balancing the bottle upon the platter. That bottle looks a bit light. Yes, a bit light because you were a bit late. Cretching, haven't you any mercy? What I have is another spell on the tip of my tongue. The threat makes Boggart flinch, and thus... Crick and crack. Sounds with which he wants no more familiarity. This will do plenty. We'll make do just fine. The goblin reaches for the bottle, but Gretchen freezes him with a look before he can snatch it. Ah, ah, ah. Not yet. We have some details to discuss. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler's Gulch. A squeak and half-answered riddles. In the meantime, head over to cobblersgulch.com. Spoils and loot. Semi-related, another gentle but firm reminder from a few episodes back. We want to see your Cobbler's Gulch art. Drawings, paintings, marble sculptures, interpretive dance, whatever you'd like to share. Send it by way of email. Orphanage at cobblersgulch.com We're waiting.